0: Welcome to The Bucket Problem, episode 42. I am your host, Ace Ambender, and I am joined today for the, I think, third consecutive week by uh, just Dan, um, which uh, is, uh, we're getting into a rhythm here. Uh, we are presented by Home Field Apparel and PointsBet, as always, and we are a proud member of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Dan, how are you doing this
1: uh, late afternoon? Oh, doing great. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's starting starting finally, uh, we got like a little bit of a tease of spring here in Chicago uh, a couple weeks ago, Um, but it looks like things are finally starting to be like, uh, to be warmer and to be, you know, tolerable to be outside. Um, What happens in Chicago is that the snow melts and then you get like one week where it's like in the 70s, and then you get three weeks of it being sunny, but it's actually 32 degrees outside um so it's like it's just teasing you like the, look you like wake up every morning and it looks like it's really warm out and nice um but it's not actually uh but yeah no today's nice gonna go out go out and grill after this um yeah generally uh, uh in a pretty good mood you know the sun sun's back which means that i don't have to be you know seasonally effectively depressed um all the time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no good good thursday how about you ace I'm doing pretty good. I'm enjoying that you have, like,
0: despite your reputation, the most normie possible answer to how are you doing,
1: which is to (laughs) say you're good and then talk about the weather. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. It's like you don't have to be going goblin mode when it's nice outside. Like, true goblin (laughs) hours are... When it's like gray, like there's just nothing to do besides sit inside and refresh uh, 247, like not even a big recruiting weekend. Um, You're just like you're just looking for like tidbits or, you know, a new comment to pop up on like a a thread that you really don't care about. Um, This is why we need to move move (laughs) National Signing Day back
0: to February, because that was the perfect month for just like, you know what? I am going to be on the message boards all day because (laughs) I I have been stuck inside for three months. Whereas now it's like, oh, it's Christmas and recruiting. What the hell?
1: Like, I can't do this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's. It's. You can't. It it does feel like. It does feel way worse to be like refreshing two four seven on a like a major holiday when you're with your family You're sitting there Um, on your grandma's couch. Like, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I'm I'm reading, I'm reading about a, uh, a high three star that, uh, that is considering Michigan and, uh, and NC state. It's like, what? Like you, you haven't seen your grandparents in a year, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) You you can't do this.
0: Uh, but we can. And sometimes we do because we're freaks. Um, (laughs) Let's get into big moods. I'm going to start with mine because Dan's has a lot more to do with the actual uh, substance of the today's podcast, um, which is going to be going through his uh, quarterback rankings in the Big Ten. Um, Dan put together a wonderful, colorful spreadsheet full of really horror, horrific numbers for uh, the Big Ten quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> it's it, You're going to hear some terrifying things as we go through this. Um, so I'll start with my big mood. It's, um, let's see, uh, 18 and a half points in 30 minutes per game, all shooting 55% on twos, 36% on threes, and 95% on the line. Averaged 25 and a half points, five and a half assists, and only three turnovers of the final 25 games of the season. That's via a feature by Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer. Um, this man has scored 30 points in his playoff debut and followed it up with 29 points. He plays his third game tonight. Late. Uh, we are recording on Thursday. That's relevant. Um, so far in the playoffs, he is shooting 10 for 17 from three with 11 assists. And uh, this person is Jordan Poole. And folks, let me tell you, I was incredibly fucking right about Jordan Poole. Holy shit. Don't doubt me ever. I just like, I can rest forever on this one thing, I think. I'm, and I might do it. I might stop making predictions about basketball. I might stop making predictions about anything. I might quit sports. I might, I might just, I might be done because, uh, if you don't remember Jordan Poole took it, just a tremendous amount of shit from Michigan fans, uh, when he decided to go pro. And even though there were some pretty darn good reasons why he felt limited at Michigan, like having to share a backcourt with Xavier Simpson, who could not play off the ball. Um, And, you know, very obvious projected NBA skills there for Jordan Poole. Uh, A lot of people said this man was destined for the G League or Estonia. Um, An actual comment I saw uh, when going back uh, to reminisce about this during the week as Jordan Poole has been uh, exploding in the playoffs. He was in the mix for most improved player uh, this year. And uh, that's awesome. And also, most importantly, um, I was right. I was incredibly right. And uh, please keep him in mind when reacting to any NBA draft decisions that may occur this week. That seems, yeah. uh,
1: that seems important to get out there as well. Yeah, I would say, like, uh, you know, your Jordan Poole prediction and your big-minute Brandon John prediction, um, those would be, like, I think twin <laughs> crowning accomplishments of your uh, prediction career. I think those uh. equally <laughs> – Equally, uh, good predictions that, uh, were, yeah, no, I mean, you got to hand at Ace; You really know your stuff. Um,
0: uh, you are, you, you have a
1: good memory my friend. You, <laughs> you, yeah, no, I, I definitely um, didn't fully buy into the big minute Brandon's Johns either. Um, I, I'm not still <laughs> I had a lot of that people on stock. that
0: one. Yeah, <laughs> That's, absolutely. I had a lot of people on that one. Um, he's now, uh, you know, maybe it'll happen with VCU. Um, yeah, uh, Brandon Johns and Zeb Jackson now are uh, Both uh, VCU Rams In case you missed that They have both transferred while well, we're waiting on uh, Other Michigan basketball stuff Like every NBA draft decision um, But yeah, that's it I was right about Jordan Poole And um, let's not talk about the other Basketball predictions let's yeah, one Jordan Poole having... Like Karis LeVert Which was like,
1: <laughs> this, is, this is going too back Too early for Dan to even remember So Yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say I would say Jordan Poole definitely one of the uh, the you know the second best young guard in the uh, in the NBA playoffs right now behind Tyrese Maxey, uh, <laughs> obviously. But uh, uh, yeah, Jabba absolutely. No, it's third, <laughs> <laughs> right? Of course, behind yeah, right. I think a solid third behind Tyrese Maxey and Jordan Poole. Um But anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 good to see Jordan Poole ball out, especially good to see him like uh, take the spotlight away from. Um, from Draymond Green a little bit, even though I know Draymond Green's <laughs> not the spotlight of that team, but you got to imagine. He's been like, playing really well this year, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, but does he shoot through? Like he doesn't. He doesn't do any of the cool stuff that I care about. Um, no defense. Uh, yeah, yeah, no man. <laughs> Don't care. Score thirty. Um, yeah, exactly. Try try shooting a three and being cool, Draymond Green. Um, yeah. So my big mood is uh, that uh, being a quarterback is hard. <laughs> um, and I found out, I, I this is just like in a you know, uh, an empirical statement based on all the evidence I have available to me. Um, it's, you know, we talk about these, we, we have a lot of fun throughout the season. Um, at least once a podcast, we talk about how bad, uh, quarterbacks in the big 10 are and it's true. And honestly, I try not to do it so much because I feel like it's pretty played out to like make fun of quarterbacking in the big 10. Um, but it is like, like new stats are constantly popping up that, Make me genuinely like shocked and, and and horrified by how bad some of some of the quarterback play in this conference is. Um, but the fact is, it's not that much better around the country. Um, when you you know you start to really look at it, uh, there's really not a lot of good quarterbacks in the country. Not a lot of good college quarterbacks. And these are like you know there's 132 teams give or take. So these are like ostensibly close to these are like in the top 200 quarterbacks in the country you know, uh, that, that aren't professional. And then of those guys, there's like 10 that are good. <laughs> and of those guys, like maybe two end up being good at the NFL. And, um, I just want to say, because like, I feel like we're going to say some mean things about some quarterbacks coming up here, which, you know, they deserve, they should be better. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but you know, like, uh, it, it's it's a really hard job, and I think that it's it goes under appreciated Just like what a short supply, um, elite quarterbacks truly are in. Uh, I mean, like you know, any like I just said, any given year in college ball, there's like five bona fide elite quarterbacks, and you can you know you can ride an elite quarterback all the way to a national title, even if you're the rest of your program isn't necessarily elite. You know, just look at Clemson look at Florida state with, uh, with James Winston um, look at LSU with Joe Burrow. Like it's the most important position in, in uh, college in, in, football. And it is uh, at an absolute premium. It's, it's really just, yeah, it can't be under, it cannot be um, overstated how, uh, how few of them there are that are actually good at being a quarterback. Um and I think that you know the rest of this podcast is going to do a really good job illustrating uh how just how bad <laughs> it, the it really like helped. the median quarterback play is in the Big <laughs> 10 in and in the country honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is something where
0: um I've long maintained that like it's hard to provide either as a fan like proper context for the sport you're watching or if you're an analyst um the same. Uh if you're not watching the professional version of that sport and it would not surprise you at all. If you're an NFL fan, uh, to learn that the median college quarterback play is bad because even at the absolute highest level of football, there are, I don't know about a dozen good quarterbacks in a, in a given year out of 32 teams. Like, uh, and, and some of the guys that don't make it like Baker Mayfield, tremendous college quarterback, number one, overall pick, um, currently getting chased out of cleveland like uh it's uh it's a rough world out there for a quarterback it it, i mean it's it's tough to figure this stuff out it's tough to project and um yeah we uh we're going to apologize in advance for some of the things that we say and then say them anyway uh because uh we're here to keep you entertained too. And also yeah. some of these numbers, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I don't know what to say about like, uh, I don't know, Ryan Holinsky's passing
1: down success rate. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Ryan Holinski for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's why I, I've kind of said like, look, I'm, I would say like, if, if you, if you put a gun in my head right now, I'd be in favor of uh, JJ starting most of the year. Um, I think he will end up starting most of the year just based on the trajectory of things. But I'm not going to like play that game right now. We got plenty of time to talk about it. And we'll probably talk about it a little bit upcoming here. But oh, yeah. Um, but in <laughs> defense of Cade McNamara, like, do I think Cade McNamara is particularly good at anything besides like not throwing interceptions and, and you know, keeping the offense on schedule? No. Um, do I think he's like a particularly good quarterback? He's fine. But he's also, like, undoubtedly a top 20 quarterback in the country. <laughs> he might in be in the football. NFL for 15 years. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> right. He, he might
0: have, like, the Todd Collins career where he starts, like, maybe 12 games over the course of 12 years. But teams keep him around because it's like, well, when everything goes to hell,
1: at least you don't throw picks. Right, Because, like, that's
0: hard to find. It's really hard to find.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As as we're gonna see coming up here. So, um, yeah. Without further ado, I guess we can uh, go ahead and get into that, unless we had an ad break, which it does not look like we have. Um, Definitely read the the notes beforehand. Oh yeah. Um, Ace, I'll 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 leave it up to you here. Do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? I I think
0: we should go bottom to top on this. So you think bottom to top, last to first. Um, And we will explain, uh, we are going to discuss uh, the uh, Mendoza line equivalent. Uh, If you are unfamiliar with the Mendoza line uh, in baseball, there was uh, a player whose last name was Mendoza, whose first name I am forgetting right now, who routinely hit somewhere in the range of 200 every season. Um, And so 200 became known as the Mendoza line. And it is worth noting that is not like, Average. That's bad. Um, so we have. Uh, I'm not going to give it away yet. Our equivalent of the the Mendoza line for Big Ten quarterbacks, and it's where we're going to take our ad break. Dan, just you know, so you just so you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I'll yep. put that away
1: now. Um. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll give I'll give my uh, I'll give the name. You know, um, th- my, my reasoning for the placement. Um, I have these in tiers, but I also have them ranked. So I would say like the tiers are sort of like everyone in that tier is. You know, you could argue either way, um, but then the ranks are like you know where I would put them uh, if I had to. The uh, bat and cleanup here, I think, pretty clearly the worst quarterback in the league or the worst um, quarterback situation in the league. I I rank these by team, um, so if you got like a strong you know strong depth, whatever, it doesn't really apply so much for quarterbacks because you kind of have one starter. Um, but I think either way you slice it, uh, one of the uh, worst quarterbacks, the qu- worst quarterback room in the league by some distance. Ryan Halinski of Northwestern. Um, Northwestern has four quarterbacks on roster. Um, however, uh <clears throat> Northwestern has four quarterbacks on roster. Um, however, I think it's pretty clear that Halinski is going to be the starter. There doesn't really seem to be any um, any real competition. I mean, the rest of the guys are un, un, you know unheralded three stars. Uh, he's the guy that played the most last year. And um, he was a, he was formerly a transfer from South Carolina who really had a rough year last year and ultimately was not even able to um, have the uh, not even able to really wrest the job away from uh, Hunter Johnson, who was also pretty horrendous. <laughs> um, so pretty bad vibes off the bat just situation wise. <laughs> um, his standard down success rate uh, and standard downs for those that you know, aren't as familiar with stats. Um, Basically, just think of it as any down where like you could run or pass. So any first down, um, you know, second and six or less, third and like three or less, give or take. Um, so standard down success rate not horrendous uh, at around forty six percent. The main thing that differentiated him from uh, the pack of also really bad quarterbacks uh, is that he has by far the worst passing down success rate of any quarterback in the Big Ten. Um, on downs where, uh, you know, again, passing downs, just anything, isn't a standard down. It's where you're more likely to pass than, than not on passing downs, his success rate was 22.64. So less than a quarter of the time when he when, you know, when it's time to make your money as a quarterback, like the defense knows you're going to pass, um, and you really have to just make something happen as a quarterback, uh, less than a quarter of the time was he successful. There is no one else in the league below 30%. That is he is 7% worse than anyone else in the league on passing downs. And 30% is still awful. And awful, 30% awful, is awful. is horrendous. Like he <laughs> he like I have like little uh like um nifty little color scales here and he threw completely threw off the color scale. <laughs> because <laughs> his minimum is so much worse than anyone else's and he kind of is like doing favors for the rest of the bad quarterbacks in the Big 10. Um He's also not very explosive. Uh, only 10% of his plays went uh, for 15 yards or more. Only 5% went for 25 yards or more. Um, he threw three touchdowns to four interceptions. He's got a he's also got the worst uh, or the second to worst completion percentage in the league at uh, about 54%. Um, 5.56 yards per attempt, really, really bad. Not a rushing threat at all. Um, PFF hated him and and had a bad grade. Um, the only good thing you can really say about Ryan Linsky is that he does not throw many interceptions, um, but, I mean, he also throws even less touchdowns. So uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, again, this is being mean. Um, I think the best thing you can say about Northwestern's quarterback situation is, and we're talking to a friend of the show, um, Ben, about this uh, earlier today, is that that's so bad, I almost think he can't be the starter. Like, that's the yeah. level where... That's it's the level so far where, below
0: replacement level that you have to right. imagine it's like even there's a three be star, like somebody with a live-ish arm on Northwestern's campus,
1: should yeah. be able to produce a little bit better than this at least. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, I these are horrendous numbers, and I'm going with him as the starter because, like, even if there were maybe just like a high three star, a high three star on this roster, I would say like, okay, like. They've got some depth here. They really don't have anyone else. um, If Hunter Johnson
0: was still on the roster. Yeah, absolutely. Hunter Johnson had
1: infinitely better stats than this. And those were bad stats. Let me be clear. Um, So um, anyway, uh, so that's, that's like dead last of the bullet. Like I think, you know, the rest of his stats besides passing down um, success rate are like only bad. They're not horrendous, but the passing down success rate is just so bad. And like, I weight that one a little bit heavier than others because uh, you're you, that's like really where you're making your money as a quarterback and mm-hmm. um, he's not making his money. <laughs> um, so uh, Ace, any thoughts on Ryan Holinsky that, that I didn't go over there? No, I, th- I think we've covered him pretty well. <laughs> I think we've uh, talked enough about Ryan Holinsky <laughs> for this
0: podcast probably. Yeah, we, we have um, chased off many listeners at this point, but uh, congrats to everyone who stuck around for Jack Tuttle um uh, good lord <laughs> this is bleak uh also Hel- helinski in a tier or northwestern in a tier of their own in deadlock
1: yes Deadline. yes yes they that is tier 10 um i didn't even feel comfortable putting anyone else in that tier like that's just really really bad it's a um situation. <laughs> so also in a tier of their own um indiana uh how, how the mighty have fallen here i think we we had them close to the top with michael penix last year um I'm going with Jack Tuttle here. And this is actually an interesting one um, that I, I'd be curious to see what happens because Indiana does have Connor Basilak, who was a transfer from Missouri, uh, coming in. And Connor Basilak put up some good numbers at um, uh, Missouri. And you would kind of, I think that their offense coordinator is also from Missouri. So, like, it would make sense that he would come and be one year starter. But apparently, like, the heavy, heavy buzz out of Bloomington is that it's going to be Jack Tuttle. And Basilak is just like not like he's not even really competing for the starting spot right now. That's a little perplexing to me, but I'm gonna trust. Uh, I have a lot of Indiana friend, friends on Twitter, and they were pretty. Um, they were pretty <laughs> like I'm like I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, no, it's gonna be Tuttle. I'm like, okie doke. Um, so so we're talking about Jack All Tuttle. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, oh go ahead, Ace. <laughs> elevated interception
0: rate. Uh, terrible on standard downs and mediocre on passing downs. Um, almost no explosive plays at all. Uh, yeah,
1: two, 2% of his, uh, of his passes went for more than 25 yards and he's not a running threat. Yep.
0: Uh, so also the, the
1: worst completion sure. percentage in the league at 51.72%, um, PFF, he got the lowest PFF grade of anyone in the league, um, by, by some distance. So, um, really, you know, you can make an argument for Jack Tuttle to be the one to be in a tier of his own at the bottom or in the, maybe in the Northwestern tier, Um, But I think that one of the positives that I'm going to, I'm going to put a positive spin on every uh, group here, I'm going to put a positive spin on this because the thing about it is that um, a Indiana has uh, is actually tied for the most blue chip quarterbacks on their roster. Um, they what? have they <laughs> have three four star quarterbacks on their roster currently. How um, did anybody let that happen? <laughs> yep, yeah. Jack Tuttle, Connor Basilak, and um, I think McCulley, I forget. If it's like Donovan maybe uh might be his name. Um it, all four stars. So they've got a lot of talent here. And the thing about all that talent is that um all of them sucked last year <laughs> under uh, like every quarterback that played major minutes for uh, Northwestern or for Indiana last year, really, really sucked. And that makes me think that like, maybe the offense was just really bad, you know, like when they, when they did,
0: you know, uh, fired the hell out of Nick Sheridan this off season <laughs> because that <laughs> offense was uh, yeah, really bad. Uh, I mean, I think that was an objectively terrible offense.
1: Yeah. And so when you have something like that, where all three quarterbacks are horrendous that played and, you know, they ostensibly have some talent. Maybe it's an offense thing, but even then, even if this was like a really, really horrendous offense, these numbers would be bad enough to say like, okay, this is, this is a bad quarterback. Um, so anyway, Jack Tut- that's Jack Tuttle. Um, that's Indiana. Um, moving up to another tier. This is another uh, tier with just one team in it. Uh, Tommy DeVito of Illinois. Um, Tommy DeVito is a Syracuse transfer who uh lost the job at Syracuse um which is bad vibes all around yeah doesn't seem like there's going to be much of a competition here uh for uh you know who's going to be the actual starter um he had a placing the had... legendary Brandon Peters <laughs> right absolutely and arts Sik- uh oh wait no art Sikowski's still on campus um but I can't imagine that he will be the starter um he uh He really had, like, a really limited sample size last year. I think he either got hurt or he just lost the job. Um, He had a decent PFF grade, which is probably one of the better things about him. He's also a pretty good runner. Um, But, like, just as a passer, bad standard down success rate, bad passing down success rate, throws a lot of interceptions, um, had a lot of explosive plays, actually, but kind of like a sample size thing. Yeah, Um, looks like he had five. (laughs) <laughs> yes exactly five out of 52 which is good for the best rate in the, in the conference yes. but uh you know take that with a grain of salt yeah. um and uh you know uh one touchdown to two interceptions uh 7.46 yards per attempt so like he's got some decent stats in here and he's got a good pff grade which makes him makes me think like all right maybe you know you can you can get something out of this and uh as and at the very least he's a he's a pretty um a pretty capable runner. So like, look, we've seen bad big 10 teams with like pretty bad quarterbacks that are just kind of like tough and can run the ball and you can win a couple games that way. Um, So, you know, that said, he's still at the very bottom of the list, but I think he's a step above Jack Tuttle and Ryan Holinsky who are like categorically horrendous.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's, it's for DeVito. It's almost better to have uh, not played much than to have played as much as Tuttle and Holinsky did. And then, you know, shown what they showed. Uh, uh, it's, it's just, uh, yeah. It, being a total unknown is kind of a positive at that point. Um, yeah. Should we skip to the school?
1: Uh, it sounds like Tommy DeVito should have transferred to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're uh, doing some classic Italian racial profiling here. Ace. <laughs> no, no. Um, at all. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> just making sure that that would never happen on this podcast. Um. <laughs> uh. So Noah Vidal at our Rutgers. He is. Um. We have tier seven here. So there's actually two teams in tier seven. Um. I'll talk about. We the, we uh, finally have a multiple team, team Yeah. Exactly. Uh. Where there's there's a little bit of a of a of a bunching here. Um, really hard to pick between these two. I, I when I tell you, I spent like 15 <laughs> minutes debating, um, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's Spencer Petris is also in this tier from Iowa debating Spencer Petris for snow of a draw is like at, you know, 1130 PM as I'm just like staring at a spreadsheet is like, man, I've made some questionable. Yeah. <laughs> I've made some questionable life choices. Um, but, uh, no of a Um, I think the, the story with him is that He's a pretty good runner um and i think that's the reason that he has a, a pretty decent standard down success rate when the whole offense is open for rutgers and we saw this when they played michigan last year they have a lot of ways to like use him to be like more than just a quarterback like he they really use him in the run game they they uh they really exploit like his willingness to run the ball and like relative ex- athleticism when it comes to passing downs though he's horrendous um <coughs> 30 basically 31 percent passing down success rate so he there, Rutgers is a lot better when they can stay in standard downs and like, um, and and keep, you know, the quarterback run is a legitimate part of the uh, the threat of the offense. Yeah. Um, if Ryan Holinski
0: hadn't skewed the passing success rate data, Noah Vedril
1: would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's Noah is really flying under the radar as uh, at 30.61, uh, passing down success rate is horrendous. Um, but not nearly as bad as 23. Um, so you know, uh, It doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, um, but also just doesn't generate many explosive plays. Again, I think that's because he's just not a very good passer. And that checks out with the eye test of a lot of Rutgers games I ended up watching last year. Um, He's just like not accurate downfield at all. Um, Seven touchdowns. Bo Melton, so that'll help. Yeah, right, yeah. Seven touchdowns to seven picks, uh, sub 60% uh, completion percentage at barely 59%. Um, 6.1 yards per attempt uh, but like I said he's a good runner so at least there's that um, PFF also thought he was bad but like not as bad as you know Tuttle and Holinsky. Um, so you know overall I would say Novadral is like Tommy DeVito plus um, talk about faint praise uh, <laughs> you know I think he's like a little bit better of a passer um, and a little bit better of a runner and you know doesn't throw a lot of picks so at least there's that and if, in a better offense that had like more uh more threats he might you know you might be able to uh, like you know again stay in more standard downs and use him more as a runner um but yeah any any thoughts on no of a draw, ace <laughs> no we've already had too many thoughts on no <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> um so we will go up to uh the player that really um had a, that 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 generated the idea for this episode to talk about the Mendoza line and big Ten quarterbacking uh, Spencer Petris is Iowa. Um Michigan fans got a pretty uh, he's in the same tier as Nova Draw. Um, but I would say if I had to pick, I'd rank him higher. Um he uh you know Michigan fans got a pretty up close and personal look at him. Um, would say I would if you came away imp- impressed, that's a you problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's limited and his he's, accuracy he's is also limited. <laughs> yeah. Um so standard downs, uh 44%. That's really bad. Passing downs, 37%, that's only kind of bad um it's bad but it's not you know it's it's, only better than vedral and holinsky he's in like a
0: pack with a few other people right right it's what would be the very bottom if we weren't including embarrassingly bad quarterbacks
1: yeah it's it's he's the first quarterback that's like you know it's like okay he, he it's you're not like turning, like closing your eyes and like hiding every time they go to like third and 10. The team's trying to win with this guy, <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly, <laughs> you can tell they're trying to do something, and, and that's more than can be said. Um, really just does not generate any explosive plays to speak of. Um, and I think that really bears out. like, just if you've ever seen him play, um, but despite not generating any explosive plays, he also. Uh, throws a lot of interceptions or, and I guess an average amount of interceptions, <laughs> Despite but doing this one bad thing, he also does <laughs> another bad thing, right? Um, yeah, well, you'd think that those are trade-offs, right? But they're That's not you get, you get both <laughs> with Spencer Petrus. um, another sub 60% completion percentage with, which really shouldn't be the case. If you're not pushing the ball downfield very much, um, you know, Iowa's offense offenses. It does have like a lot of like dumps in the flat. So at the very least you should have a high completion percentage, but, uh, not the case. Um, Ten touchdowns and nine interceptions, six point five yards per attempt. That's really bad. Um, and Spencer Petras is, I have to say, in a in a uh, in a league with a lot of uh, bad running quarterbacks. Spencer Petras probably takes the cake in terms of just like being completely immobile and like not even really a threat to scramble if it's wide open. Well, so, that's why Brian Ferentz brought him in, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Spencer Petras is is not, like, blow you away horrible at anything, but he's bad at everything. He's kind of an inverse Cade McNamara, where Cade McNamara is, like, just good at everything, and Spencer Petras is just bad at everything, and being bad at everything um, is enough to, you know, uh, keep him below the Mendoza line, which we will uh, be naming uh, coming up here. Yeah. Ace, any thoughts on Spencer Petris? I mean, he, he's, like, your worst-case scenario if you're a fan
0: of a team that is trying to compete at a power five level because like you said, he's, he's just good enough at certain things to not be a guy that you just like dump. Um, although he was starting to lose his job a little bit last year to, I can't remember the other kid's name, Alex. I think he, it was Padilla. He, Padilla. But,
1: um, Padilla. Uh,
0: like they, it seems like it's going to be
1: Patrice again, basically is what I'm, is what I'm I mean. Getting. Padilla
0: was not good. So I, yeah. I assume it will be Patrice again. And yeah, there's just, very little like it just locks you in with like well this quarterback's experienced and like he's a returning starter so we may not be able to get like an impact freshman but at the same time like man it's it like they it was remarkable that they were the big 10 title game last year and getting blown out should not have surprised people uh the only people who were surprised were uh iowa fans who were uh have a constant chip on their
1: shoulder on twitter i I gotta be honest though i don't even think they were surprised i was sitting with a lot of Iowa near a lot of iowa fans and i think there was a lot of uh that's that's our spencer um going on so that's fair (laughs) all right um so yes, let we'll reveal now that the
0: mendoza that line um i went through just the college football stats database uh back about a decade a little bit more than that and uh I'll, i'll mention the honorable mentions first um Got Tommy Armstrong Jr. from Nebraska, Brian Lewerke from Michigan State, Riley O'Toole and Mitch uh, of Illinois, Mitch Leidner of Minnesota, and uh, I had the Peters principle in here, mostly because uh, I thought it was a decent pun. But, um, you oh, know, yeah, he's, he's also around that line. Uh, but ultimately, I think because of uh, consistency over a significant period of time, um, you know, not losing the starting job, maintaining it and just being pretty crummy the whole time. Uh, Clayton Thorson of Northwestern, you knew it had to be a Northwestern quarterback. Um, so we just hit the Thorson line. Um, Dan, is there anybody you feel like I, I left out here in terms of consideration?
1: Gosh, um,
0: don't say Shea Patterson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what but here's the thing, the bar is so low that Shea Patterson is well oh, he above cleared it. The, the <laughs> he really line. cleared yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he would he would be like top 3 this year. Like I'm sorry, it's uh, like we give him a lot of shit, but he's he's uh, you know, you can you can do a lot worse than just a guy that generally hits his targets. Um yeah, I I think I mean I think Brian Lewerke could be potentially a good pick. Um I'm trying to think of guys that just were that are that have been totally averaged the last couple of years um i mean i'm i the the, the mind immediately goes to like iowa quarterbacks but that's not really true like they're usually pretty bad um gosh uh yeah I, I think you pretty much nailed it i mean i think clayton thorson is a really good pick um i think uh i i'm, I'm really trying really rack my brain to try to think of someone else but it is simply the thing is other guys like me. cycle. Through, like I've gone, like
0: I have the advantage of just going through and staring at college football stats, but like
1: I almost threw Richard Legow on there. Yeah. Uh, you, you know who it could be. That's actually on this list is it could be Sean Clifford or Tanner Morgan. Um, I know Tanner Morgan had one good year, uh, and Sean, but like the Sean Clifford line, that could be it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely could be the Clifford line. Um, uh,
0: I almost I I thought about including Christian Hackenberg, but um, no, so many circumstances, (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and um, well, like his freshman year, good. Uh, Every other year, um, garbage fire. Uh, So that 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 was suboptimal. Um, So yeah, we've hit the Clayton Thorson line. We've also hit our ad break. Um, We are brought to you as always by Homefield Apparel. Use the promo code Bucket for fifteen percent off your first order from homefieldapparel.com. We have moved into week two of refresh season, um, part of five weeks of new apparel for existing home field schools. They'll get up to 21 uh, different schools by the end of this uh, full refresh. Uh, So far this week, Maryland, Virginia Tech, and Air Force, uh, which was a new school launch, um, have all dropped. Alabama is coming up probably on the uh, day you're listening to this, uh, Friday the 22nd. And then uh, on April twenty fourth, um, it says here thick six charity shirt with Mike Golick Jr. I'm assuming the Mike Golick Jr. part is a typo, Dan, because that
1: has to be something related to you. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. We're, we look, we're we're working out many business deals. Um, we're we're I've got a lot of offers on the table um, for a lot of different sponsorships. So uh, I think it came down to either me or Mike Golick as uh, being you know the the headman for this campaign. It, this is a Disney conspiracy. We'll we'll talk to. Connor <laughs> oh, we're this. talking. Yeah, uh, the, the premium pod episode next uh, this week is going to be all about the Disney conspiracy, um, <laughs> so folks. We're talking. I <laughs> uh, might have to cut this out. <laughs> no, no, no. We're we're keeping it in. Uh, there
0: is also um, some big news. Uh, hint, hint. Uh, dropping uh, today, probably April twenty second, Friday. Um, uh, if you listen to the way I presented that, you uh, might. Pick up on uh, what Homefield is trying about to put down here. Uh so uh yeah. Um and if you uh didn't then maybe uh check either Homefield Apparel's Twitter or HomefieldApparel.com uh and see what is uh what is coming up next. Uh we are also brought to you by Points Bet. Download the Points Bet app and use the promo code BucketProb. To get 100% of your deposit matched up to $1,000 in the form of free bets. To get that bonus, you must use the promo code BucketProb. That is Bucket, P-R-O-B. All one word. Please gamble responsibly, set limits, avoid chasing losses. Never bet when you can't afford to lose. Take breaks when you need it and use the self-exclusion feature to stop yourself from betting. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one 800 gambler All right, we have reached the the quarterbacks above the Thorson line. And to give you an idea of, um, you know, where the Thorson line is, Tanner Morgan next up, a guy who uh, I think at one point was projected as a first rounder
1: uh, by uh, at least one of the ESPN draft gurus. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are uh, Tanner Morgan is um, the Bucket Problem, uh, the Bucket Problem Memorial uh, Get a Job Player of the Year. <laughs> I think uh, this year, um, Tanner Morgan. By the way, just to give you some 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 uh, perspective here. Tanner Morgan was on the roster for Minnesota in the game where Khali Hudson had 32 tackles for loss, um, on, in that, in that like thunder Jeez. and lightning game that was, that was delayed until 9:30. Um, yeah, I, I was at that game. I went to that game. That was, that was a truly cursed year of Michigan football, but, um, he was on the roster for in that game. Um, so that's how long he's been on campus. Um, but, you know, I, I, I expect that Tanner Morgan, I think a lot of people are just kind of assuming Tanner Morgan's good uh, because he had one good year in 2019. And um, he was once mentioned on an NFL a mock draft way too early. Yeah. Yeah. And that 2019 year, like Minnesota really went all out on RPOs. They really hit, they really struck while the iron was hot there. Um, they used like, they really just spammed like a couple of basic RPOs. And, uh, they did it they with hit two it right. NFL receivers. <laughs> right. That's also true. He threw to two NFL receivers, and it was really just all about throwing like contested deep balls to those receivers. Um, and, you know, that the defensive coordinators have since adjusted, and you can't just run the same RPO over and over and over again. But Tanner right. Morgan right. got one good year out of it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I have him in a tier of his own. Um, tier six here, the ninth best uh, quarterback on the list, or the ninth best, I guess, quarterback room on the list, however you want to put it. Um, really a bad standard down success rate, uh, 46% or 45% on standard downs, um, a mediocre passing success rate, about 39% on passing downs throws a lot of interceptions. Um, throws he threw interceptions on, uh, three and a half percent of his, uh, of his attempts last year, um, generates completely marginal explosiveness. Um, I'm totally average uh, he threw 10 touchdowns to nine interceptions, um, still a sub 60%, uh, completion percentage, um, 8.18 yards per attempt is pretty good, um, to be fair. Uh, and then, you know, he had a decent PFF grade, um, and, uh, is not much of a runner. So, I mean, this is a guy kind of like, maybe the most dead average, uh, quarterback on this list here. Um, the, the, the only thing that stands out as like really bad or really good is that he has, you know, a, he generates some pretty good, uh, explosiveness and, um, he, uh, and he has a pretty bad, uh, success on standard downs. But again, you know, being dead average at pretty much anything here, everything here is, is enough to push him above. Like I would say this is the first quarterback that I wouldn't say is like bad. Um, he's, he's passable. Like you can win football games with this guy. Um, but you know, nothing to write home about. And, you know, sixth year guys. You need a good running game. Yeah, you're gonna need a good running game. And and then when they had Mo Ibrahim going, like this was actually a pretty good offense last year. Um, but you know, they were they were really off and on. It, they really went the way of their running game. So um, he's totally like, you know, totally unremarkable and not really a whole lot of room to like get better considering he's a sixth year senior. So uh, yeah, Tanner Morgan. I would say he's he's like the perfect Mendoza line or the perfect uh, Thorsen line um, for, for this year. <laughs> he just got above it. Literally. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but I will, uh, I'll move on here to uh, tier five. Um, so we've got two quarterbacks in tier five. This is going uh, to be a controversial tier, I think. This is going to be a controversial tier. And um, I don't like I was looking for reasons to not do this but I think it's fair. Like I really do. And um, yeah, people are going to be angry about it. Um, The two quarterbacks in this tier, Graham Mertz of Wisconsin, Sean Clifford of Penn state. Um, So these are two very different quarterbacks, actually, when you look at the stats, Um, these are Graham Mertz was actually very good on standard downs. Um, I think that that can kind of be uh, attributed to, um, attributed to the fact that uh, Wisconsin has, you know, I think we, we we put Wisconsin offensive line on pack watch last week, but they still you know they we still put developed a Allen good... on pack watch, so, yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Braylon Allen and Wisconsin's offensive line that's a pretty solid running game. So when when Wisconsin has the uh, opportunity to be a balanced team, um, they were pretty good, and Graham Mertz was largely able to you know have success. Um, passing uh, passing downs uh, average um, by comparison, Sean Clifford was really bad on standard downs. I think that's because uh, honestly, I think Penn State's uh, Penn State's offensive line was horrible and has been horrible forever and will be horrible next year um, and into eternity. But uh, I think also just like their offense was not very creative last year. I wasn't really impressed by anything that uh, that uh, Yersech was trying to do. Um, so you know, uh, Graham Mertz has the edge in terms of efficiency because both quarterbacks are very very average on passing downs, um, which you know in this conference being average on passing downs is is pretty good. Um, the difference here is that uh sean clifford throws really just not a lot of interceptions he was very um you know mistake averse while graham mertz throws a lot of interceptions um both quarterbacks have pretty similar explosive rates um uh sorry sean clifford threw a lot more touchdowns he threw 21 touchdowns to graham mertz 10 touchdowns um graham mertz actually threw more interceptions than touchdowns 11 to 10. Um, and, uh, Sean Clifford at 21 touchdowns to eight interceptions. So, you know, uh, and also Sean Clifford threw for more yards per attempt, 7.26 to, uh, 6.9. Um, nice, uh, actually not nice. This, those are both bad numbers. <laughs> um, but you know, I think like really everything here does lean Sean Clifford besides one specific thing, which is standard down success rate. Um, Sean Clifford's at 44% and Graham Mertz is at 55%. That's a huge gap. When you think about it, that's like 10%, you know, if if you think that there are like 20 plays, the quarterback runs, that means that uh, uh, Graham Mertz is successful on two more of those plays every game uh, than than Sean Clifford is. Um, So despite the fact that Sean Clifford has like better overall stats across the board and throws less picks, throws more touchdowns. um, He's just not a very efficient quarterback. And I think, like, I if I had to pick, I'm also kind of projecting the fact that Graham Mertz was a super, like, super heavy blue chip or super heavily recruited blue chip um, and is playing an offense that's going to protect him well and have a really strong running game. So I think the efficiency, like, blowing away Sean Clifford in efficiency and also kind of, like, projecting a little bit towards, you know, his ceiling is – I'm not saying that Graham Mertz is going to be good, but I think I would take Graham – I would take Graham Mertz, like – on an edge here. Um, and I would put them both in the same tier because I think that, you know, they're very different quarterbacks, but it, I think like on the balance it all kind of evens out. Um Ace, do you do you disagree with me there?
0: Uh I mean, I think it, they're in such different situations that it's hard to compare them in terms of Sean Clifford has asked to do so much more because Penn State does not have a running game beyond him, really. Um he was actually their most effective runner a lot of the time. Uh, So I'd probably have Clifford above Mertz, but I would also say that Mertz is more likely to have an above-average season. Uh, I think we've seen Sean Clifford's ceiling at this point. So I can see it going either way. I also think it's hilarious that Tanner Morgan is in a tier below Graham Mertz. Uh, If any Minnesota fans were listening, uh, they have probably turned off
1: the podcast, but I enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) Well, look, I mean here's the thing. Graham Mertz is the first quarterback on this entire list that we've talked about so far. That's legitimately good at something. And that's being efficient on standard downs. And that's important. That's like a big piece of being a good quarterback is keeping the offense on schedule. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) I don't know. I, I I agree with you though, Ace. I mean, I think you could make an argument for Clifford because he is a good runner. That's another thing that, you know, is, is probably could give him an edge. Um, and I agree, like it's it's hard to really evaluate quarterbacks in a vacuum, right? Like if we're talking about who's the most, like if you put Sean Clifford on Wisconsin, yeah, maybe he's the better quarterback, but that's not what it is, right? Like we can only evaluate the, the, the situation these quarterbacks are in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, yeah, Sean Clifford drew the short straw on having, um, you know, pair, I think they haven't had an offensive line coach in, Penn, at, in State College for like, you know, 10 years. So um, just tough luck for him
0: though for real I I think it has been 10 years Uh, (laughs) the next year is uh, by far your largest a whole uh, uh, well it's three teams but five quarterbacks Um, yeah and uh, might be of interest to some of the people listening
1: yeah so um, let's just talk about this one Uh, I've got three teams in here Michigan Michigan State and uh, big surprise here Nebraska um, uh, I know people are, gonna on, <laughs> people are going to hate on people are going to hate on Nebraska, but I think when you really look at it, like this is, I think it makes sense. Um, I'll talk about Nebraska first since that's the, probably the one that people are going to have uh, the most questions about. It's really between um, Casey Thompson, uh, the Texas transfer, six-year player um, who basically started most of last year, but I think transferred basically because you know Texas got Quinn Ewers. Um, and Logan Smothers uh, from Nebraska, uh, who played um, a pretty limited sample size, but played well last year uh, in relief of Adrian Martinez. Um, so both are four stars, uh, former four stars, like, you know, high ceiling players. Logan Smothers is younger, I think he's in his third year on campus. Um, Logan Smothers, uh, in very, keep in mind, like very limited sample size last year. Uh, had a 63% um, standard down success rate and a 47% passing down success rate. Those are both really good. Um, he didn't generate a ton of explosive plays, uh, but he was really efficient. He had a 69.7% uh, completion percentage. So really an efficient player. Um, didn't, he was, uh, didn't throw any touchdowns, but again, limited sample size, um, zero touchdowns, one interception, uh, but 9.6 yards per attempt. And uh, also was really effective as a runner with uh, two rushing touchdowns. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, limited sample size, but like still kind of a young player. He's only in his third year on campus. And, you know, like that's, I, I think that that's fair to say that that's like encouraging certainly and, uh, you know, high upside. Um, and then they also kind of will have like a high floor candidate in Casey Thompson from Texas. So, you know, Texas playing pretty high level competition Um Really, just average success rates um, through a good amount of interceptions, uh, but generated a lot of explosive plays. Um, had a sixty-three percent completion percentage, twenty-four touchdowns, touchdown rate, yeah, twenty-four touchdowns to nine interceptions, and um, uh, threw for eight yards per attempt. And also was an effective runner. So, like. I think, you know, Nebraska really likes to use their quarterbacks in the run game. These are two guys that threw the ball pretty well um, and are effective runners. And you've got a kind of a high floor candidate in Casey Thompson and a, uh, you know, a high ceiling candidate in Logan Smothers. Um, so, I mean, look like, you know, you, you look at what we've talked about uh, so far in terms of like the state of quarterback play in the league. I don't think you can really argue that Nebraska's got one of the best situations. I mean, they've got two what look like capable starters. Um So, you know, Ace, given that you were so surprised that they were in the the same tier as Michigan, Michigan State, any any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I agree that they should probably be around this. Like, I
0: I think they have the best situation that we've talked about so far, um, because Thompson is solid. Uh, Some others I'm not entirely sure what to do with, because, I mean, first of all, there's a limited sample. There's also the fact that he ran more times than he threw the ball last year. So he was used a, a little little gimmicky um when he was out there and I'm not sure how that'll translate when he tries to be the full time quarterback but with Thompson there you've got a good floor. Um and...
1: so but I'll make a counter argument. I think there's another high ceiling quarterback that was used in a kind of a gimmicky way and might have inflated stats before because of it. And
0: we'll that's talk true. about One that. One of them a little was little a five bit, star so. <laughs>
1: that's that's true. That's fair. But you know he's a four star so it's no no slouch. But yeah, no I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Um, but I, I don't
0: disagree with them being in the same tier. Uh, I do agree with how you have ranked them, uh, which is,
1: um, Nebraska last out of these three. With yeah. The group. And I mean, I think that I was, I was looking at this as like, okay, I, 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 initially thought, you know, this is gonna be the Michigan, Michigan state tier. I think they're really in a really similar spot. Um, and I, I kept looking for reasons to move Nebraska down a tier, but I really think that you know, I, I, I wouldn't have been being fair to move them down. Like there's nothing really differentiating this quarterback group from the two we're going to talk about. Um, but you know, that said, speaking of, uh, I'll move up one here. Um, I really think you can make an argument either way, uh, for Michigan versus Michigan state. Um, I put Michigan state one spot below Michigan in the same exact tier. Um, I'll give my reasoning, but you know, you can just say that I'm being, a, I'm being a Homer and being biased. Cause I am, um, Peyton Thorne, I think if you're comparing Peyton Thorne and Cade McNamara, there's really no way that you could say that Peyton Thorne isn't just kind of better across the board. Um, he, uh, he had uh, they have almost identical success rates. Um, Peyton Thorne throws a little bit more interceptions, but he's a lot more explosive. He generates, uh, he had 18% of his plays went for 15 yards or more. went for 25 yards or more compared to Cade McNamara's um, 15% and 6% respectively. Um, He also threw, uh, he had a lower completion percentage um, at 60% compared to Cade McNamara's 64%. um, But he threw for 8.3 yards per attempt compared to McNamara's uh, 7.8. He also threw for 27 touchdowns uh, compared to McNamara's 15. Um, and, uh, I think a key here, like these are all pretty, almost pretty identical stats at this point, but, um, he also is an effective runner, which Cade McNamara is very much <laughs> not. Um, so I think if you're looking at like two almost identical quarterbacks and one of them's a good runner and one of them is like not a threat as a runner at all, I think you got to give it to Peyton Thorne. Um, and I-, I think that like, you know, given what I watched like eye test wise, I think he struggled a lot when, uh. When Kenneth Walker wasn't uh, wasn't being wasn't effective on the ground, but like you know he still had he said really good numbers. He was efficient, um, and I mean you know it's not like Cade McNamara didn't also benefit from a really good ground game in most games. So I uh, yeah I, I I I think I would put Peyton Thorne above um, Cade McNamara if it was just Cade McNamara. The reason I have uh, you know Michigan above Michigan State in terms of just a quarterback group as as a whole. Is that um, you know they've got JJ McCarthy and JJ McCarthy put up really good numbers in, in uh, a you know limited sample size last year um, you know uh, not not actually great standard down success um, but really good on passing downs uh, threw a lot of interceptions uh, given you know his how many passes he threw but generated a ton of explosive plays yet actually the the best explosive rates of anyone not named CJ Stroud. Um, he also, uh, through, you know, five and five touchdowns and two interceptions, um, not a great completion completion percentage, uh, just 57%, but 8.75 yards per attempt. That's really good. And critically, he's actually the best, like he was the best runner that I saw based on the stats. Um, and PFF also really loved him. Uh, he had the, the best, uh, PFF grade outside of the top three quarterbacks here. So. Um, you know, that's in a limited sample size. So, you know, take it with a huge grain of salt. But it's it's reasonable to believe that like a freshman with those numbers and limited sample size, um, especially getting those plays mostly in, uh, you know, in like live snaps, like not garbage time, is, you know, like he's a five-star. Like he's got legitimate NFL talent. He passes the eye test. It's it's reasonable to expect some progression and, and you know, a little bit more standard down efficiency and accuracy. And, uh, I mean, I – I don't think that it's enough to bump him up into, like, the top three or bump Michigan up into the top three here. But I do think, like, the fact that Michigan has a five-star that was promising that's waiting in the wings and Michigan State doesn't, I think is enough for me to say, like, okay, they're in the same tier, but I would put Michigan first. Um, Yeah, uh, Michigan considering McNair and Thorne were pretty comparable. Um, Right.
0: And then, I mean, with McCarthy, you've got somebody who could raise Michigan to – as high as second on this list realistically, you're not going to pass CJ Stroud based on the way Ohio State's offense was humming last year but uh and also with the receiver talent that they have but um, I mean McCarthy is is by far the most talented of the guys other than Stroud on this list. Um, maybe not by far. Um, there's an, the next guy has some talent too, but uh I, I,
1: I think um, the upside argument here is not a homer one to make yeah i agree and um you know michigan state does have a blue chip quarterback coming in in uh Caden hauser um not the same level of talent as jj mccarthy in my opinion um but you know also a freshman right and like probably one that's not gonna be not gonna demand to be on the field right away so you know i do just just in the interest of not being a total homer they do have a ceiling argument but i think it's still like a year away um so Yeah, for me, I think I think I'd have it, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska all in that same tier of like I would call this good quarterback situations, just like the first tier where it's like, yeah, this is pretty good. Um, but I would say, you know, if if I had to place them uh Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska. But I I think you could make an argument for any of those three, um, you know, in any real order. So uh so moving up a tier, um, getting into, like, you know, I would say the elite level quarterbacks um, in the Big Ten. Uh, unfortunately, I, I really thought I was going to be uh, unimpressed by Talia. I thought he had like a really um, a lot of inflated stats. Not the case. Um, just really good stats across the board. PFF, first of all, love Talia T- Taga-Bailoa, uh of Maryland, by the way. Sorry, if you don't know who we're talking about. Um. He, uh, he had a 90 overall grade um, which is right up there with CJ Stroud and uh, and or right up there with say CJ Stroud I won't give away who the other one is I guess possibly elimination you can figure it out hmm. um, but uh, you know he I have him in a tier of his own though I, I, I'm not gonna put him quite in the uh, in the in tier two here. Um, really good standard down success rate uh, up around 60% um, standard down success which is just really really good like that's a nationally elite level of offense. Um, but, but only average on passing down. So really better when the, when the whole offense is open up to him, um, is open to him, uh, rather than, you know, when he's forced to be like just a passer, not that he's not a good passer, but just, I think Maryland's offense uses a lot of RPOs and stuff that really works better when you're in like a standard down situation. Um, doesn't throw a lot of interceptions generates a lot of explosive plays, uh, 26 touchdowns to, to 11 interceptions, uh, almost a 70% completion percentage. I mean, that's just, that's really, really good. Um, 8.14 yards per attempt. That's pretty good. Not elite, but pretty good. Um, And also is, is a capable runner. Um, You know, so like you add all that together and also the fact that he was playing behind what I think is like, was not a very good offensive line and uh, you know, throwing to pretty good receivers, but I think a lot of them were hurt for most of the season. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't really think I can come up with an argument that he's like not you know one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. Um, and I was I was coming in. uh, What's your argument, Ace? All right. Um. So I'm looking at his game log from
0: last year, and this, this tracks with kind of how I remember his play. He is great when they play bad teams, and when they play good teams, the wheels come off. Um, there was the five interception game against Iowa. That was just farcical at some point. Um, he only averaged 7.2 yards per attempt with two touchdowns and two picks while getting completely blown out at Ohio state understandable, but still not awesome. Um, only averaged 6.5 yards per attempt against Penn state, um, 7.3 against Michigan state's terrible secondary and just 5.4 against Michigan. Um, and in that one, he didn't even have the uh, kind of artificially high yards that he got because he threw the ball 474 times last year. Um, so for me, I think it's an issue of like the a, a kind of, you know, the steal of flipping the field term, uh, a bit of a Mickey Mouse offense and one that works against crummy defenses. And then when Maryland goes against a team with a higher talent level, um, I don't think. Talia is good enough to overcome that deficiency and I don't know if like from watching Michigan play Maryland last year even when accounting for their respective situations in uh you know the context of each team
1: uh you know I definitely would have taken Cade McNamara on that day yeah I agree with you so can you make so so let me ask you this I I have been a tier below the top two here um do you, would you make an argument that he is, would you say he's in the same tier as like Michigan, like in in this, in the tier four that I have? Like, would you make yeah, that argument? I would drop it down
0: into that tier and probably slot him between Peyton Thorne and the Nebraska guys.
1: Wow. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to say, I, see, here's the thing. I, I think that what you said is true. I think it's fair. But I think it's also fair to say that, like, I think it's fair to say that Peyton Thorne certainly had his troubles against better defenses. Um, and I think, you know, Cade, I wouldn't say that I think he actually played better in like some of the, the more important games against better teams, and but he did not get to like rack up numbers against bad teams. because Michigan. That's true. Yeah. He didn't get to run up the, he did not get to run up the score. Um, it, you know, that's, that's not something Michigan really does. And I guess you could make the argument that Maryland does Um I guess I'm making, I, I would disagree with you, um, but that's okay. That's why we have the podcast. Um, yeah. I, I think that, I think if you put him in a better situation that, you know, he could be a better quarterback in those bigger games, but I also respect the opinion that, you know, I'm, I'm that he doesn't have that dog in him, which I actually agree with. I, I think, I think uh, <laughs> if we're going just by vibes, I think he doesn't have the body language of a true killer. Um, and that, and that's that why I was really was brutal. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was really bad.
1: Yeah. Um, so, also, I
0: just think he's somebody who like, um, if he didn't have that last name, uh, I think people would talk about him differently. And they'd more say that he's a, a system guy than a potential pro prospect. So it's not working out great for his brother right now. Yeah. I
1: was going to say, I mean, like we're talking system is it is are the talk of Ioloas a system family.
0: <laughs> I mean, the accusations might stick.
1: I'd, uh, <laughs> yeah. put it that way. Charges are not being dropped. Um, <laughs> okay, so we've got disagreement on target. I still think the stats like uh, speak for themselves and put him in his own tier. Um, but, you know, I'm willing to I'm definitely willing to hear the argument that he doesn't have that dog in him, um, which is probably fair. Um, the next guy, I think, is one that you really can't make an argument against as being uh, in tier two. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, not the same tier as CJ Stroud, but I think solidly the second best quarterback in the in the Big Ten. Um, that's Aiden O'Connell of Purdue. Um, Might so, have flown you know, under your personal radar, <laughs>
0: all of you, <laughs> you know as listeners.
1: Not right. Dan. Dan, very <laughs> locked mine. in. To Purdue. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, look. No one knows more, folks. No one knows more about Purdue than me. Um, but I think I, I didn't really come into this thinking that he would be this high up. I thought people were kind of like, you know, buy, but everything really checks out. Um, first of all, 91 PFF grade, which is elite. Um, I know that doesn't mean everything, but I think it, you know it's at least an indicator. Um, 56% standard down success rate, 53% passing down success rate. Those are both like the best rates outside of any, anyone besides uh, CJ Stroud. Um, doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. Uh, generates some decent explosiveness, um, nothing crazy, Um, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, uh, 71% completion percentage. So just like incredibly incredibly efficient across the board, Um, 8.4 yards uh, yards per attempt, not really much of a runner, but just, I mean, this guy's incredibly efficient um, and he's reasonably explosive. And I think like, yeah, Purdue had David Bell, but he also was, injured for a lot of the time. And, um, like one receiver does not a team make, like I lock, I I watched a lot of Purdue and it's not like they were just spamming it to, to, to David Bell, like 100% of the time they, he threw, he spread the ball around. I thought he operated the uh, offense well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Jeff Brom like is, does a good job of developing quarterbacks. And, uh, I, I, I think like, I don't, I think Purdue had some good talent on their team last year, but I don't think it's enough to say like, Oh no, like this is all phony. Um, I think that, I think he's a legitimately good quarterback and, uh, yeah, he'd be, he'd be in my number two slot here.
0: Yeah. He also, uh, <clears throat> I would say he got significantly better as last year went on. He he got off to kind of a rough start other than, uh, getting to have his season debut at Connecticut, um, which, uh, Yeah. Playing UConn as Michigan will find out this fall is a great way to pad your stats. Um, but his last six games of the season were really solid. And, uh, that included a, um, 40 for 52, 386 yard four touchdowns, zero perception, zero interception game against Ohio state where Purdue um, really shouldn't have, uh, had any business hanging 31 on them, but they did. Um, I really just wanted to bring that up uh, but also yeah he was he was exceptional down the stretch um I'm trying to do some math in my head and I apologize for this but it appears he had 19 touchdowns and only 3 interceptions over
1: those last 6 games um that's uh that's pretty darn good pretty good pretty good yeah uh-huh. um and uh just just as a reason for like why he's above Tali, I think a you know like ace just kind of pointed out like trending upward right direction um also much much better than talia on passing downs talia was only 40 42 efficient on passing downs um where aiden was 53 percent. and yeah that's could, a huge could difference. also argue
0: had multiple good games against good teams You know, right that, yep throwing that in there
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely ace uh, thank you don't let me forget about <laughs> it um yeah no, I mean, look, did I, did I put together all these stats and you know, just scrape all the data to just have you shit on my list? Um, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's it's not a big deal at all. Dan got um, very attached to the spreadsheet. <laughs> after yeah, the it's a good look. I thought uh, This is. It's a pretty. We got we got to put a picture. Can we can we make the spreadsheet the picture for for the episode um, instead of the uh, <laughs> the bucket problem logo? Because <laughs> uh, people need to see how nice the spreadsheet is. Um, uh, I'll work on it. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but so. Well, um I'm glad uh, I think that's all the quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Yep. Um not I a think single other done. quarterback that I can <laughs> yeah. think of. Uh but uh yeah, no. So I hope uh, everyone had fun with the last uh the last thirteen teams because this is gonna be no fun to talk about. Um CJ Stroud, uh although all Michigan right, beat Great him, show,
0: everybody. Goodbye. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh Michigan beat Ohio States is a little bit easier to talk about this year. Um CJ Stroud is just like a nationally elite quarterback, and I think you know, a lot of people say that um, anyone could succeed in that offense. And I think that's like true to an extent. Like, they did have a lot of like th- that, that receiver group, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith Jingba. Um, I mean, that's just like, that's unreal. But that said, um, like, there's is, success and then there's uh, throwing forward. Yeah. Point and then there's what CJ Stroud picks. did. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to just go through these stats. So I have him alone at the top by a wide margin here. Um, 58% or almost 59% standard down success rate, uh, 58% passing down success rate. So Ludicrous. from standard for standard, from standard down to passing down, he basically has the same success rate. Like it, it just doesn't matter. Like if you just to quantify what that means in the game, like think about how many times in the Michigan game we got Ohio state in third and long and CJ Stroud or like they they were able to, to, you know, just get out of it. Like it just didn't matter. Um, he like you, you have to get Ohio state into third and long. And even then it's like, you know, you only have a 40% chance of booting them off the field. Um, doesn't throw any interceptions. He threw interceptions on 1.3% of his passes last year. That's the best in the, in the, uh, in the league. Um, 20, almost 25% of, uh, of his plays went for longer than 15 yards and almost 10% went for longer than 25 yards. That's I mean, spot that's that's like that's just a ludicrous number um those are both ludicrous numbers that's one in every 10 plays is going a quarter of the field um and one in every four is like a first down plus some it's just ridiculous um i mean it's you know again you could say the, the the receivers are great and that's awesome but like you're you're talking about an elite level quarterback no one no one puts up these numbers you know with uh i mean I'm sorry, like, Cade McNamara is not putting up these numbers, even with those receivers.
0: Yeah, C.J. Stroud threw a touchdown on a hair under 10% of his passes last year. Right, a yeah, it's,
1: it's crazy. Um, so uh, his touchdown interception rate, 7.3 touchdowns to, inter- to interceptions. Um, just to just to give you a context here, the next best rate in the entire conference is 27 um, so I mean, just like blowing away the competition here, 72% completions, 10 yards per attempt. So literally averaging a first down that's, uh, average a first down every time he throws the ball, um, 44 touchdowns to six interceptions. Um, but good news is he's not much of a runner. Oh, thank um, goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, it'll be interesting to see because I think their receiving group is not going to be quite as talented this year. Um, it would almost, it almost has to be a downgrade, but you know, then again, it's Ohio state and they've recruited the receiver position incredibly well. Um, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's just, I, we're, we're, you try to evaluate in a vacuum here, but like there's no world in which CJ Stroud's not the best quarterback in the big 10. Um, and probably like, you know, a Heisman finalist this year. Um, but we beat him. So that's really all that matters. Yep. The, the, the good news is that uh, if it snows it all falls apart so exactly um, exactly or forget we, we, we do need to do all like a flu adjusted version of this of course um, yeah so that's when he drops to about fifth I think <laughs> <what>? <laughs> right exactly exactly um, but yeah no I think I think that's where we're at um, I think it's you know that's that's everyone in the big ten um, ace uh, any anything that you that surprised you about this list or um, you know any of these numbers that Kind of uh, that that jumped out at you is like something you wouldn't expect it.
0: Uh, I was a bit, I wasn't shocked at the general like way things shake, shook out in terms of like the East having four of the top five quarterback rooms it makes a lot of sense because it is the clearly superior division. Um, I going back and looking at Aiden O'Connell, especially seeing his game log and seeing how he improved over the course of the season, uh, jumped out to me. Um, I, I didn't expect to have such a strong take on both him and, uh, Talia tonga before, uh, kind of checking how their play, uh, progressed from game to game, uh, with O'Connell, there was kind of a nice, like relatively smooth upward curve. Whereas with Tonga-Vailoa, it was, uh, a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but I think overall I, I was, I mean, a Little surprised at just how bad the quarterback situations are <laughs> in general. Uh, to have Graham Mertz in the top half, arguably, of the conference is uh not a ringing endorsement of the uh quarterback situations across the league. Um, but like it, it's more the bottom half just gets really
1: yeah, it's horrendous,
0: it's bad, it's bad. Um, so and there's just and there's also just a lot of uncertainty in terms of I mean, I, I think O'Connell heading into this year is the solid number two. But if you told me pretty much any one of Thompson, Thorne, uh, McNamara, McCarthy, or even despite my uh, earlier words Tonka about if you told me any one of those guys was the second best quarterback in the Big Ten this year, I, it
1: would not shock me. Yeah. And I think um, I, I agree with you um i think a couple things that surprised me uh i i was kind of underwhelmed by just Cade mcnamara's numbers i thought he'd be a lot more efficient um when you really broke it down uh i thought you know i thought that was the main thing he had going for him and he really wasn't when you compare him to the rest of the league um i was impressed by you know the numbers j.j mccarthy put up but i think you know i think Cade overall like i came away i don't know maybe maybe it's just like the intangibles like if he feels better as a quarterback, then he comes out looking on the stat sheet. Um, you you want to was... hear a reason why his stats uh, are, are
0: rather limited? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> do, do you want to guess how many attempts he had in the fourth quarters of games last season? Oh, Out, out of 327 total. So
1: he had 327 uh, total passing attempts. I'm going to guess he had like, what was it like 40 of them were in the fourth quarter (laughs) exactly 40 Uh, let's go wow i did not look that up (laughs) um
0: exactly 40 uh he played in 14 games and actually uh only attempted passes in 10 fourth quarters uh there was even a third quarter where he did not attempt to pass he only attempted 61 passes in the third quarter uh he was over 100 in each of the first and second quarters so um This was somebody who had relatively limited work duty in the first halves of easy games. And then just, you know, he was done. Uh, His work was over.
1: Uh, So that, 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 that does make sense. And I think it's like, you know, that's something we've just always talked about how like you Michigan does not like they'll run up the score, but they usually like to like keep the ball on the ground when they're up in the, in the, in the uh, third and fourth quarter. So that makes sense. I will say though, just like given like what a dominant ground game Michigan had for most of the year, you'd want, I I'm, I'm a little bit like disappointed in, like the early, like the early down success rates um, for Cade. I think yeah, that's, so fair. that's fair. Um, um, I was surprised that Peyton Thorne came out looking so good watching him play. I really felt like he was going to be kind of explosive, but not very efficient on, you know uh, when he was asked, asked to be a passer. Um, but came out looking pretty good across the board. Like not a whole lot of bad things I can say about him. Um, obviously Nebraska was a surprise, but again, like I think Casey Thompson put up pretty good numbers at Texas. Um, other than that, yeah, I guess I was surprised the grand Mertz, Sean Clifford, Tanner Morgan trio. there. like surprised by all three of those, how, how bad some of that was. And then how, how relatively good Graham Mertz came out looking yeah i mean with
0: clifford it's really like he's got a good touchdown rate and interception rate and everything else doesn't look good at all um but uh yeah that was that was an interesting way for it to shake out um i think it was appropriate that uh at the the uh Thorsen line falling between Tanner Morgan and Spencer Petrus feels spiritually correct <laughs> heading into uh, the season that really is beautiful <laughs> uh and yeah and the fact that there are uh, five teams below the the Thorson line, also
1: feels about right uh, heading into this year. Yeah, um, really. The 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 Spencer Petrus Noah Vidral Tommy Devito Jack Tuttle Ryan Holinsky like that back end. That's really brutal. Um, there's just not a lot of good to see. Like in between all those guys, they have like three legitimately good statistics. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you can
0: separate Spencer Petras cause he's on Iowa and Iowa constructs football programs in a way that is disgusting, but also is kind of independent of quarterback play morally and aesthetically. Yes. Yes. Uh, the, the rest of the teams, I think you can just like pencil or not even like pen them in at the bottom of the standings this year, because with quarterback situations like that, um, also considering these are probably four of the five or six least talented teams in the conference, uh, There's
1: just not a lot of hope there. There's not a lot of hope for. And that's what you run into. Like when you really try to um, just evaluate in a vacuum, you can't right? like football's a team game, you know? I mean, it's not like, it's not like basketball where you can have a guy that's really efficient, but he's just on a crap team and you can like chart like, okay, well he he's, he's generating really good looks and, but the, the, his teammates just aren't putting him down or like, you know, his three point point percentage is only 35%, but it's a lot off the dribble. Like, no, it's like, you kind of have to just take things with in in football like how they are, and if a quarterback has a really awful offensive line and not good receivers, like yeah, his stats are going to look bad, and you can grade it, I guess, but even his grades aren't going to come out good because you're not like you're not going to be delivering pinpoint passes if you're getting sacked every other play. You know, it's just it's it's really hard to evaluate football like position by position in a vacuum. So you and know, quarterback. I mean, Indiana is a great example in terms of.
0: You know, Michael Penix was getting some fringe Heisman hype a couple of years right. ago and then that offensive line collapsed and he was awful last year. Downright yeah. awful. Um, and benched and I mean just and that wasn't I mean that was part of the offensive line but then the offensive line collapsing and the skill positions collapsing around him also made it so that like he was a substantially worse player. And yeah. that's something that you can't I mean, you can sort of predict by looking at the surrounding talent, but it's hard to say like, Oh, what would happen if CJ Stroud was on Indiana? It's like, well, he he could be good or he could have a 40% standard down success rate because he has a helmet in his ribs uh, every
1: play. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's like, and and look no further than like Devin Gardner. Like that's, that's an all-time guy that like, I think one of the great what ifs of, of Michigan football is like, what if Devin Gardner played under Jim Harbaugh or like, just what if Devin Gardner had like any competent coaching like, we we all agree that he could have truly been great and like we can all see that and like but that doesn't change the fact that by and 2014 about he,
0: was he was bad offensive line right yeah
1: by 2014 he was just a bad quarterback because you lower to the level of you really do lower to the level of your team in football I think at almost every position you know besides like you know on defense is a little bit different to be fair but offense definitely it's like you kind of play and you, you win and lose as a team on offense so um yes. that's that's the challenge of this but you know i think that i think this is a reasonable list i think it matched up with the eye test for the most part um besides talia tagavailoa who doesn't have that dog in him um <laughs> but other than that i think that i think this is a fair list you, you needed to put it that dog column in the
0: spreadsheet
1: <laughs> yeah right then right. that
0: would have changed the rankings a little bit yeah it's just a one or a zero yes <laughs> Um, JJ McCarthy one, Cade McNamara one, Talia Takava, zero.
1: It's 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 very straightforward, but it's very important. I would say Sean Clifford definitely has that dog in him. He's 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 probably the worst quarterback on this list that has that dog in him. Absolutely. <laughs> he like he may not be very good at throwing the ball, but
0: somehow he just like manages oh, he's got to, that dog. manages to produce <laughs> in an offense that is like not very good. And it, despite having a lot of talent, I don't get it, but like Sean, Sean Clifford, one of the most enigmatic players in college yeah. football. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Having, uh, losing all of our subscribers by having a 30 minute conversation about whether or not Noah vidral has that dog in him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think that's where we have to leave off at this yes, point. That's legally, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
0: yeah, it, it is actually uh, against federal law to talk for, about Big Ten quarterbacks <laughs> for longer than 90 minutes. And like we are we are right up on it at this point. So um, that's all we got this week. Uh, I didn't have my notes up. Follow at Bucket Problem on Twitter. Go to www.thebucketproblem.com and subscribe to the newsletter and the bonus podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe to this year's free podcast. Use the promo code Bucket Problem on some new gear at homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code BUCKETPROB on PointsBet. Thanks for listening and have a great week.